How and why people from two points on a map without even a straight line between them can be connected is at the heart of our story in Knock'em Stiff. Some people would say it's just dumb luck. Others would tell you it was God's plan. When people look back on it, they had no other choice. Hello and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies, new and old. Um, maybe some indi- movie industry news, and uh, while talking about pizza and the great debate between Chicago and New York. Um, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Brian, joined by... Michael. Hi, everyone. Hello, and we are talking about Netflix's new movie, The Devil All the Time, um, directed and written by Antonio Campos and adapted from the book of the same title, uh, the author is Donald Ray Pollock, who serves as actually the narrator of this movie as well. So we're excited. Starring Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Jason Clark, Mia Wasikowski, Sebastian Stan. I mean, the cast goes on and on. Haley Bennett. And we're uh, this dark thriller story connection movie. So we're, we're excited yeah. to talk to you guys about it. And um, yeah, the devil all the time. Michael... As opposed to last week when we we're talking about I'm thinking of ending things and I had no idea what was going on and I very much appreciate you explaining to me for like an hour. I feel like I'm in a much better spot this week. I feel like I knew what was going on. I was able to grasp the majority of the concepts. But you rewatched I'm thinking of ending things? Absolutely not. Not yet. No. <laughs> um, I was preoccupied trying to mentally prepare myself to watch this movie. <laughs> and uh, What do you mean mentally prepare? What do you mean? What did you know about this going into it? All I knew was Tom Holland and RPAT. Ah, man, what I knew was that it was dark. I listened to an interview of with the director and Sean Fennessy of The Ringer on their podcast, The Big mm-hmm. Picture, um, and uh, that kind of introduced me to what this movie was going to be about. And then I, you know, the reviews started to come out, and I, I always read the reviews because I'm just the kind of person who I need to be prepared to watch something, mm-hmm. especially a movie like this. It's, it's, it's a rated R for, and they tell you this why it's rated R, and those kind of things for me is a trigger. So, and it tells me like, I need to prepare mentally and physically prepare myself to watch a movie like this. It's dark, it's bleak. I don't think I laughed once in this movie. I, I can't think of anything really. <laughs> positively redeeming honestly there's a lot of dark characters disturbing concepts and characters and like you don't walk away from this movie feeling really necessarily uplifted and i watched this it ended at 11 15 last night and i told michael before we jumping on i couldn't fall asleep until one i was just like i was just very stimulated and just like depressed and i was just thinking about what the movie had to offer so yeah i had to, i had i had to prepare myself yeah, man. And I get that. You know, I, I think anything, you know, it's rated R for violence, bloody and disturbing images. I, You yeah. know, that's yeah. my like bread and butter. <laughs> that's the movies I really love. I love yeah. bloody and disturbing and it, like images and stuff. So yeah. um, wh- why do you how often do you watch like super? I'm not going to spoil this whole movie, but these are dark, nitty gritty, like true i wouldn't say quote unquote true tales of the human soul and how dark we can get right like how often do you find yourself sitting in front of movies like that not often so very fortunate that this is this is a netflix release because i had the privilege of watching it in bed under my covers and having my sheets like you were not very, under the covers brian you can go ahead and ask Kimberly. it's, oh pretty, it's pretty, i'm a I'm a 27 year old, 200 pound man, and I'm just like under my under my sheets with my covers, like very close to my eyes, right? So in certain scenes, and uh, if I was in the movie theater, I don't know if I would see this in the movie theater because I just don't have that guard available. Um, but so I don't watch this often um, at all. But I was genuinely curious when this first trailer dropped. I'm like, holy cow, this cast is stacked. Um, and it's a lot of actors doing things that we don't necessarily attribute them to doing, right? They have Sebastian Stan and Tom Holland from the Marvel Universe, um, Robert Pattinson, who does weird shit. Um, yeah. But this is mainstream weird shit. So I was down to seeing some of this. Mainstream and, weird shit. Yeah. And I've seen Jason Clark in a number of things. And uh, yeah, I, so I, was, I was really intrigued. Jason Clark. I'm so glad he, you know, he, he brings so much. He's such yeah. like a... That's a, he's a, that guy, you know, 
He's oh very man, much that, like that guy's guy. in this movie, right? Like, he is but such he really a brings that guy. so much to this one in particular. And like thinking back, I can also say like he's in that movie. I don't know what movie I'm talking about, right? But like yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah. I can think of his other roles. Yeah, he's such a that guy. That's a good point. This but, movie uh, is definitely Oscar bait, right? This sure. is Netflix saying, "Hey, it's fall, y'all. We are in season. Look at what we've done." I think it tries to be Oscar. I don't know if it quite necessarily gets there, but I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying. I can definitely, the star power, the based off a book, talking about some really heavy handed themes, I feel like. Um, but I don't know about you. And we'll, we'll, as, as we talk more about this movie, I don't think it quite landed on some things for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about um, our favorite superheroes and how they find themselves in these other places, right? Because we've got Bucky Barnes, Tom Holland, we've got Bucky Barnes, Spider-Man, and the Batman all in one movie, right? We haven't seen him yeah. yet. But mm-hmm. how do we feel for Tom Holland jumping away from Spider-Man to do yeah, so- stuff like this? This was a, a quick, you know, getaway, I think. Yeah, so let's talk, let's, let's talk non-spoilers um, as we have this conversation and really quick. Yeah. So it kind of follows Tom, Tom Holland's character and lineage. So it's the movie starts with his father returning from war and meeting, meeting his wife. And eventually you see that they have a kid events transpire. It jumps 10 years in the future and it's now Tom Holland mm-hmm. and it's Tom Holland living in the same the same town navigating his life and yeah with the stepsister living it living in the shadow of his of his father um trying to make it make his own way and it was super dark i i I, it worked for me i thought he was really really good he there were some really good action sequences where you got to see his his grit a little bit a totally different action than what we're used to seeing with Mm spider-man we know tom holland's an athlete like i think he grew up in theater and dancing yeah Yeah. um we see what he's doing in spider-man so like him being able to pull that off didn't surprise me but like his 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 accents his his veracity his anger brooding he's a broody broody, boy he he was really good it impressed me and then in the interview i talked about with the director they said they casted him before he even appeared on screen as spider-man so i think he was casted as spider-man but he was it wasn't long after that when he how long have they been making this movie they said this has been according to the director this has been like a four-year process and tom holland tom holland and robert pattinson was like the first two people that they that they uh they wanted for uh they wanted for the for their respective roles and for robert pattinson they were just like hey here's the screenplay who do you want and robert pattinson was like i want the i want the preacher and then they just went from there basically good for him which i know oh man back now enough of tom holland he did great we'll talk about him um and his character later but robert pattinson man is having a renaissance (laughs) we are seeing him all over the place and i'm so so happy about it i don't think he planned it intentionally but for him to go out with tenet and then for him to do this on netflix leading into next year the batman coming out he's getting significant face time and i can only imagine matt reeves the director of batman is just jazz that his star of the movie is getting all these all this attention the year before the batman comes out because i would only think people are going to be like yeah i'm sold on our pat i'm sold on him now let's let's see him as the batman because again just like tenet very different role but he's still effing really good in this movie yeah and and this is i'd say this is the second half of you know this is his big time stuff but robert pat he's been he's been kind of walking around in hollywood and on the screens for like two years now right so yeah we've really seen him in so much and and on netflix he did the king with timothy chalamet that's right good call good call he so did this the is king. His second and the king was not bad i'm not one for like historical especially yeah. with knights and shit unless it's monty python <laughs> and the holy grail um but that was that was actually a pretty fun movie he had a small part but he really goes for it in that movie doesn't he have like a really weird accent in that movie as well yeah 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 he really goes when he does something man he goes for it i feel like even you know he did the lighthouse which is very much an indie film but that got some uh it was it was publicized very well it was i think it was a high praised indie film all people saw that movie I think. yeah and it was definitely you know robbed at the oscars no big deal yeah yeah and then 
Yeah, no big deal. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's been making, yeah, he's been doing indie films for a long time. I think his career post Twilight is super fascinating. I think he intentionally tried really hard to get away from that franchise films um, and just really do his own stuff. And you can look at his filmography. It's filled with just bizarre things that half of them you may have never heard of. Which I'm um, doing one right now. Did you know Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson were both in a movie called The Lost City of Z in 2016? Uh, I I did not I, don't, I knew Tom Holland was in it. I did not know Arpat was in it. I know Charlie Hunnam's also in that. I haven't seen the movie though. I think it's I think it's a David Gray film. I really I was interested to see it when it came out. Yeah, and I just think it's so interesting. You know, Robert Pattinson did all of like not that I want to compare two actors, but Robert Pattinson did all of these really kind of fun, interesting, quirky indie stuff after Twilight. Um, Tom Holland did voice acting for three different movies now, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I watched Spies in Disguise with him and uh, Will Smith. Smith. Not great. So that was that one flopped. But I'm also not a 10 year old. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. But he was awesome in Onward. Really enjoyed yes, him in he Onward. he was. Yeah. Onward is actually at the top of my best of 2020 so far. I've been tracking them on Letterboxd and ranking them. Onward has been consistently at the top. I think it's at number five now. Cool. Well, there's only been like five movie releases, so that's kind of an insult to Onward, but like whatever. What are you um, talking about? No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, no, but you know, it was great. It's right above King of Staten Island. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, but no, it was great seeing, seeing those two. There's a really... It was a really good scene um, when the two of them go at it uh, uh, and just seeing both of their presence in that regard on screen going toe to toe. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Tom Holland. I always love when an actor does something different and it just makes me respect Tom Holland so much more uh, as an actor. He was so good in this. And, um, and I think, and I think that's been praised and widely given is that Tom Holland's a legitimate actor. Let's take him seriously. He can do nerdy with Spider-Man, but he can also play dark and brooding in, mm-hmm. in this movie. And he's really good. Yeah. Let's, I've got uh, just a quick comment. We can maybe touch this on later, but just if you haven't seen this movie yet, um, there's a narrator. Yeah. Um, very Ron Howard style narrator kind of jumping in and out. Brian, on a scale of one to six slices, one to what are we doing eight eight we do eight we do eight <laughs> brian on a scale of like one to eight slices how much did you enjoy that narration i gave it a six man i was here for it, it was based it's based off a book the narrator is the author of the book so i wonder Which is pretty dope yeah so i wonder if you know just in conversations during production if either antonio the director asked him or if the narrator or the author voiced in a thought about him narrating it but um it worked for me. It, it, it worked for me, but I'm also, I guess I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff because the narrator prefaced a lot of things before they, I, I think they happened a little bit. Which I hate. And, oh yeah, and I, for me, who's like, who has anxiety about what's about to come in movies, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But yeah, so, so I, I give it a six, out, he saves me. Six out of eight for me, but how about you? Oh, I give it like three. <laughs> I, can re- I can name like maybe three, three or four of the narrator lines that I didn't in my head say, why the hell do they have voiceover at this point? Yeah. Just like, and also we can talk about the end of the movie much later, but I didn't really like any of the end of the movie. Like okay. Okay. The fin- not the finale, but like the last couple of minutes in it. I just, re- cool. Uh, right, I'm just going to preface it there. So I this, this might be a movie I like a little more than you in this case, Michael. Well, I'm looking which, cause <laughs> I, that's terrible. Cause man, <laughs> I, I didn't, whatever. Let's, I'm always proud of myself when I see a movie like this. So like I always probably re- reactively think like, man, I just watched this movie. F yeah, I did it. Sweet. This is a 10 out of eight. Let's, uh, let's go, you know, but and realistically, I probably overshoot it a significant amount. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I don't, I just can't believe you finished this movie. It's, it's super bloody y'all. It is um, crazy. Yeah. Really yeah. And, dark. And again, I, I read a lot of things going into this movie. And again, that prepared me to the mm-hmm. point so much that I scared myself a lot. And when I'm watching this movie, well, yes, it is definitely bloody. I think it didn't meet my expectations of how bloody and gory it was going to be. Um, so I think I, which is good. I scared myself enough to the point where I ended up not being as scared as I thought I was going to be. So. Man, and, and I think maybe that's why I'd, you read reviews before we watch movies all the time. You always do. I'll, I'll watch 
trailers or maybe like clips and I'll I'll start reading comments on like letterbox but you know especially for horror movies that I'm a huge fan of that's what I'm always afraid of is like yeah I'm gonna read A.O. Scott's article in the New York Times and he's gonna hype this movie up so much yeah and I walk away disappointed that I didn't like it as much as other people sure so what is what's the general consensus out there about devil all the time what, what are people saying Mixed. It's definitely mixed. Um, the meta score is right there in the fifties um, on IMDb. Oh, I think, shoot! I think so. It's like in the if it's you know they do red, yellow, green. It's in the yellow right now. And then for Rotten Tomatoes, um, the critics I think around like it's fresh at like 60, 65, something like that. But the audience I think really likes it. I think that's like in the eighties right now. So um, it's definitely mixed. I, the consensus that the cast is great. And, um, and then as far as the criticisms, I guess, um, it's a little long and, and there's a lot, there's just a lot going on. God, I'm reading the first line from IndieWire. There's no reason to care about anyone. And Antonio Campos is the devil all the time. A sweaty, bloated mess of a movie that flushes a knockout ensemble down the drain. But then (laughs) Entertainment Weekly said the cast is so large and good. It's impossible to single out more than a few players. Like, exactly. So there, it's it's it's, it's all, all over, the over the place in this movie, and I think, and I think, just hearing your your thoughts and and mine, I think we're probably going to be kind of similar in how we feel about this, you know. Um, so, I guess with that being said, do you want to just get into it a little bit? Yeah, let's do it, folks. To all our listeners out there, if you haven't yet, go check out Devil All the Time on Netflix. Um, it's great. If you need a password to Netflix, go ahead, hit me up, uh, <laughs> check it out because this episode moving forward, we're going to get to the nitty gritty and spoil so much because this is not your traditional layout of a movie. I don't think so. We're going to get into that too. Yeah. So I guess for me to start, I think it takes about an hour to get into Tom Holland because it focuses on Bill Skarsgård's character who plays his father. And that was unexpected for me, how much screen time he was going to get. Um, what did you think of Bill Skarsgård, his storyline, his character, and just really, I guess, the first, the first part, the first hour of the film? Yeah, I mean, I was so into it. And, and I, I didn't know Bill Skarsgård was going to be that much of a character. Like, yeah. um, you know, his, his character is very, very central to Tom Holland's existence not just by being his dad but you know they he is his dad you know we see some of those parallels later on um this i really really hate movies that have so much exposition before we get to the actual plot and part of that is they're giving us expository scenes but also giving us narration telling us what we're witnessing so we can't (laughs) like put that all together i'm gonna shit on this narration so hard brian i hope you're ready for it please do it please Um, do it but, you know, it, I like Bill Skarsgård. And I will tell you, I watched this with um, my husband, Cody, and his brother, Wyatt, mm-hmm. who lives with us. Um, we spent probably 15 minutes trying to name Bill Skarsgård movies. And the only one I could think of was It. Yeah, me too. Okay, great. Um, so we spent some time doing that. But it, it was interesting. And I, I knew, for some reason, I thought Tom Holland was the character who was going to go to war or coming back from the war from the trailers that I watched. Okay. So I was kind of really interested about that. Um, But it was good. I mean, it set up who we came to see, right? I mean, I don't think anybody clicked this to watch Bill Skarsgård. No. They wanted to see Tom Holland. And I mean, Robert Pattinson's got top billing, right? Yeah. And he's in it a minimal amount. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. I thought, I thought he was one. I thought Bill Skarsgård is Kimberly said this and I, I don't disagree. Good looking dude, like kind of sneaky, a sneaky good looking. And I, I, and then I'm like, huh, all right. For someone who played it, the clown, like, let's see your face a little more often. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> also, <laughs> he can really do that thing with his eyes. You know that, right? Yeah. I saw some behind this, which I don't know why I did. Cause <laughs> even, the, even the behind the scenes are ridiculous, but no, he's a, I really enjoyed him, his accent, the, the physicality he brought to that role. I thought was really good. Um, and, it, and it, and then everything that transpired with him his wife, his wife got sick with cancer while they had, I think Tom Holland's kid was like, he was eight at that time, Arvin. And everything that transpired after that was incredibly sad. And the whole thing with the dog was a lot. And I think we need to have a conversation eventually about, I guess, religion and what they were trying to do and what they were trying to say about faith in this movie. um, As that was a huge overarching theme in this um but but yeah so 
Yeah, and then eventually he ends up, after his wife dies of cancer, and he sacrifices the dog and sees that it's basically not going to work. Sacrifices. <laughs> um, Tom Holland's you know, eight-year-old self um, finds his dad, killed himself in front of their um, prayer log. Prayer and, log? <laughs> yeah, which is incredibly sad. And, and, and then that is basically the last scene before it jumps like 10, however many years in the future and you get Tom Holland himself. So, and this is now, okay, we're on a record now. So we really need to pick next week's movie very specifically. This is four movies, uh, three movies in a yeah. row for the podcast with nonlinear story structure. Yeah. We need to stop doing this, man. We're not making our lives any we easier. We need <laughs> a break. We we're need not, a break. We're not helping ourselves out here. And that's, and now for a movie that is about lineage and the pass down of, um, you know, I, I want to use the word like reflexes or like body because bo- there's a lot of body language similarities between yeah, Tom yeah, and yeah, Bill. Yeah. So just, he, go ahead. I, I really enjoyed that. So as an eight-year-old, um, Bill Skarsgård, by all accounts, seemed like a really good father. Like, from that time, seemed like a really good father, right? Like now, this 50s, is set in poor Ohio. Poor in, Ohio, in I think. In the, like in or in late the mining 50s, town. early 60s. Yeah. yeah. So he's like taking, he's like, you see him take, taking time to like teach his son, you know, traditional like masculine values basically, which like definitely don't hold up nowadays. But again, like for that time, I think like you can definitely appreciate that father-son relationship. And teaching him lessons, showing him things, how to get by in the world. Um, he, you know, there's a point where Bill Skarsgård says, after just beating some guys up, um, was like, there are a lot of no good sons of bitches out here. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later Tom Holland recites the same line. So like 10 years later, that line still rem- reminds him of his father. It was just, you know, he beats people up just like how his dad beat people up. You know, he's wiping his hand with a handkerchief just like his dad did. He still idolizes his father to a certain respect. He's really yeah. the only hardcore father figure. And I'm a sucker for father-son relationships like that. Um, so I, I, I personally enjoy And they also did the hair. Like they, I thought that was good casting, getting Bill Skarsgård, then Tom Holland, and they had the same hair to do and everything. I thought and they were all both kind of lanky guys, you know. I kind of enjoyed that. I have nothing more to add to that than I enjoy. That I enjoy oh, okay. It. You just like that they look alike. I like I like they the really look. Don't, I like the physicality. Though, so I don't know where you're kind of going with that. What? <laughs> they don't really look alike. That's why I'm I, looking at you like. Well, you know, they're not like twins, but they're father son. They seem to have the similar hairstyle. I mean, they, if they the narrator man, tells man, us man, that they're father and son, so you have to believe it. And I and I do I I I personally absolutely believe that that worked that that sold for me again I think it's all in the hair and the skin tone like they both have very white pale skin and they're both leaner guys and um that worked for me yeah I'm I've been trying to figure out what this movie's trying to say about religion and faith um yeah I especially with the title devil all the time I I'm. I would like to read a script of this because I feel like the script would definitely give some more clues into those themes. Well, it's a book. You should read the book. Fuck yeah, why not? I can read. I can read. Because all I noticed really was, especially the word devil in the title, I'm thinking of like, you know, the fallen angel, like God's arch, arch nemesis or whatever it is. And there were a lot of like, you know, there was a, um, immaculate conception in there right it was very perverted mm-hmm. like Rob, robert pattinson that's his line when when tom's sister gets pregnant and yeah. uh she goes to the preacher rob pattinson who did it he's like how can you be how can i be the daddy when all we did was spend time with god yeah so, like there's that immaculate conception thing in there there's this perverted crucifixion of the dog there's yep. a um a failed resurrection which that yep. part I was laughing at. I know you said you didn't you didn't laugh very much. Effed up, um, man, yeah. So effed up. And there were there were a couple more. I mean, I but on top of that besides just being like I don't know, a a direct opposite of like biblical stories, what was it trying to say about religion? Is it anti-religion? I don't know. Maybe it's religion passed down or how like i don't even know because tom holland doesn't like religion because his dad right like his dad yeah. went crazy in the woods for the wood cross so yeah, he yeah. To pull that out and the his half sister she's got mirroring her mom who yeah. loves preachers yeah which 
that was another really great character was the first preacher we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was, I'm just, I'm just really trying to work that out because I, especially I, maybe I'll have to read the book. I know source material, but this is a movie podcast, not a Kindle podcast. Um, what do you think, Brian? Give me, give me some insight. I, I asked Kimberly. So I was raised Catholic about, but I'm not religious now. Um, I guess for me, I, I asked Kimberly, a lot of the bad characters in this film, you know, the antagonists, if you will, corrupt. They were a lot of people with strong faith, it seemed like. And I guess I asked, Kim, I asked Kimberly after the movie, are the people who are doing bad things, do they think they're able, they're able to go get away without consequence or do they feel impervious to, to consequences because of their faith? because they are a person of God and they feel like since they worship so much, since they live by quote unquote, like his word or whatever that they can get away with these things. Is that, so I asked her that and we had a discussion about that or like, why, you know, why do bad people do bad things? In this case, it's just because they feel like they are all powerful. They're doing it you in know, good and then, faith. Yeah. They're doing it in good faith and, or are they just like, or are they just straight up just bad people? It doesn't matter that they're person of faith. They're just, they're just bad, you know? And we know in the Catholic church there's a history, a bad history of, you know, pedophilia and, and sexual harassment among children. And there's, they even touch on this a little, you know, Robert Patton's character is not a good dude and kind of falls along that similar line. And I don't know. I feel like there's, a, they, I feel like he maybe tries to talk about that a little bit, but I'm not sure how I'm supposed to walk away feeling about faith. It doesn't make me feel better about my religion you know i don't feel yeah. like oh man i well, want to go to church i want to go to church now now think of it bigger than than institutionalized like in that church right because the serial killer jason clark that guy he or the narrator told us that this is how jason clark feels because the narrator had to um yeah. he said like when he was behind that camera that's the closest he felt to god yep, his yep. biggest faith was the closest to god he wasn't a preacher right he was just no. a photographer my understanding yeah so he was yeah that's his interpretation of being close like closer to god and i don't know so it's, it's like, not just in the preachers who are for both. sure well i think robert pattinson is just really really a bad person i think then, the first preacher was overconfident in yeah yeah, god. yeah yeah and then but then also like the the worshipers right people who attended church how man i mean when robert pattinson's character was introduced as the new preacher in town they flocked to him, right? They did everything mm. they can to, and I don't know if that's just, is that, is, that, is that because he's a preacher? Is it because he's just a new guy in town? That's what they do. Is it a combination of the both? I don't know. But like, I guess, is there something to be said about just like how much stock you put into your faith, I guess, you know, like, oh, we need to pray the cancer away or like, oh, we need to sacrifice the dog in order to Poor save my wife, you know, myself. poor spider, you know, overcome through God, I can overcome my fears, you know, like, oh, I'm going to resurrect my wife. Like, is it like trying to tell us like just be, be careful with how much stock we put into this? Like, let's be, what's I don't I, be practical, which I'm not saying believe in what you want to believe in, but I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get to the point of like what he was, what this book and this movie is trying to accomplish and their message about faith. I don't know because then, because it, the opening when it starts, Bill Skarsgård's in world war two. Yeah, Which that's is, a fucked up scene. An, I mean, just another issue. That's a whole war about people following people in good faith. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Wyatt had mentioned this. I need to do a little bit more research. Have you ever heard the superstition that bringing a German Luger back from the war was bad luck? No, but I'm also not well versed in in that kind of stuff. So I would have no idea. My father might know that. I have no idea, but I have no idea. How about okay. you? No, I mean, I heard it. I didn't do any research. Yeah, no. Um, Just want to throw that out there. I mean, maybe there's something there because um, the whole frame of the movie, I mean, the movie wouldn't have happened if Skarsgård didn't see his buddy crucified on that, Yeah, night, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess those are my thoughts about that. And then, and then, uh, yeah. And then those themes carry out throughout the movie. And then Tom Holland, really, the, I mean, you talk about the last hour. I got in the last hour. The last 40 minutes, the last 30 minutes, Tom Holland then just goes on a tear, right? Um, and with what he wants to accomplish once his sister dies by accidental suicide, which is just awful. Mm. Um, and he realizes what happened. 
And he kind of sets out on his own path, try to find, I guess, redemption, revenge as best as he can. And uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Okay. The sister, the suicide, the accident, suicide, that is the number one example of the good use of narration in this movie. Okay. Like you have a solo yeah, yeah, yeah. scene with her and he's saying, and you know what? She went to take it off and she tripped. And then as you know, the, uh, the dad or whoever's looking over her grave, the narrator says she was right with God, but no one else would have known that because they found yeah. it. It's like, yeah. that is, that's a powerful narration. That is the point where I was like, all right, this needs to be in there. What did not need to be in there, and I'm going to shit on this narration more and more every time I bring it up because I'm just getting angry, the, the blanks in the gun. In the, car. the what with the gun? The blanks, the blank bullets in the gun. Oh yeah. When they both, when Tom Holland and the other girl, I don't know her name, was was Rowski. No, are oh, you talking about the, the serial killer? No, the serial killer's wife who wants to leave. Yeah, uh, the 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 actress is Riley Keough. So her, when her Sand- and Tom Sandy. Holland are pointing guns at each other, and then they both fire, and before we can even see that Tom Holland is actually okay, the narrator's like, "She put blanks in the gun." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Give us a chance to catch up and have some moment of suspense. You've been dragging us out for so long. And then when this is the, the moment where you can really see like Tom Holland's like, oh shit, like she had blanks in her gun. Like this is bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you don't even give us a chance, Ron Howard narration. <laughs> I'm again, I was fine with it. I liked I I didn't mind the narrator, and then it cut to the scene beforehand where Jason Clark puts the blanks in her gun, anyways. Um and he's like serial killers have a tendency to not trust one another so you know and then whatever so um so i didn't i didn't i didn't mind that at all and and even then i was like oh f when his car broke down after he killed robert Bannon's preacher mm. i was like he's gonna be picked up he's gonna be picked up by those guys aren't they he's gonna yep. be picked up by those two uh two, and, they, and then he was and then but tom holland's credit he's a smart dude right he's like huh he's he's why he's skeptical and you don't see a lot of skepticism in this movie you just people just going you see a lot of just going with it, whether it be through faith, whether it just be through ignorance, whatever it may be. And then Tom Holland's with the one character, like something's not right here. Like, mm. like even like Brad Pattinson's character, that's not a preacher. That's just someone that's, he's as bad as the ones on the radio. He's oh the one God. character who seems to be relatively low to the ground. Who's able to ask the questions that should be asked. He's the one who's able to be skeptical about things going on. And that serves him well in that instance, but he, he's getting ready to have his guns. Like something's not right. And he has his gun ready. And then he ends up, you know, killing Jason's Clark character and, and, uh, and Sandy Riley Keough's character. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. And then, and then he, and then he leaves and goes on to his hometown and, and uh kills bucky barnes i know which i couldn't help but think of uh captain america civil war in that in that in that scene of the airport terminal uh, terminal when San- when spider-man's introduced and he lays it down on um falcon and winter soldier and he leaves him behind in webs and then mm. and then he's just like we'll never speak of this <laughs> he's like oh is is that a metal arm and then he whips <laughs> yeah the yeah yeah that's so and so that's a tom holland man he's two for two against sebastian stan yeah i mean in this movie he killed bucky barnes and the batman true could you good imagine point. spider-man doing that no no you're it's a good point yeah no so now the, this this serial killers i i enjoyed their story and their reveal jason clark that guy definitely was awesome i think as far as morbidity goes and mm-hmm. like really showing how deep deep how much maybe the devil can really be all the time i don't know yeah. i don't really understand the title 100 but like that reveal um was nice and i i kind of wish they we spent less time with bill skarsgård and more of tom's story parallel with the serial killer story because oh. it felt like especially with all the flashback, we were really watching three different stories and they were all converging at different points with different characters. And it wasn't so much of like layers as it was just a web. Yeah, it was. I I much prefer movies that are layered or linear than things that are like all over the place. Here's 17 different characters or in this case, there's like eight, right? And this is how they're all connected. Keep up. Like, especially with the flashbacks, all these white girls look the same if they're flashing back really quick. Especially yeah. the sister and the mom. I really like they were not prominent enough for me to really be invested in their characters at all. 
There's 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 no strong female characters in this movie. Um, you can make the exception with Sandy Riley Keough's character, maybe, but women aren't really drawn out too well in this movie. It's definitely a male-led cast, and all the women are subjected to the men that they surround themselves with, and and then and they die. Um, Except and, Tommy Holland. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. A, he yeah, didn't yes, get a girlfriend. Yeah. No, um, but no. On your point about the layer versus the web. Uh, I agree with you. I definitely very web-like trying to go all over the place to connect everything going on, but I disagree with you. I want, if there's any storyline that I feel like could have been omitted, it would, I would have liked to, for the serial killer storyline to be omitted and focus more on the layer aspect of the father leading into the son. And then whatever happens post post Tom Holland's adventure, I would have liked that more than, than I guess focusing more on the layers, less Bill Skarsgård and more serial killers. Hmm. That's how I feel about it, and then that would have made the movie shorter. I would, I just, I would have I just enjoyed that. I just don't know if the punch would have been there if the movie just kind of ended with Tom Holland killing Sebastian Stan in the woods. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, that, there's not enough context there, right? And I, it's just you just re you just re you then you just need to rewrite it somehow. Right? You don't you don't make one of the serial. We should kid- rewrite the book, Brian. No, no, no. Well, I mean. You know, yeah. last week I'm thinking of ending. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman significantly rewrote. I'm thinking of ending things for the movie adaptation. And I would have liked, in this case, instead of making the serial, you know, I'm assuming this is the case in the book, the wife of the serial killer, the accomplice, the sister of the police, the crooked police sheriff. Right? Let's let's just nix that storyline. Let's give Sebastian Stan's crooked sheriff a a different storyline, a different motive to want to go after Tom Holland. Um, I don't know, and and well, then we wouldn't even be watching the same movie anymore. There's something there. It's important. It I maybe we just can't figure it out, but it's which important. Is, which is not good, right? It's not like the uh, the only connection I can find between Bill Skarsgård and the serial killers, which is really the overall connection we should be looking for with yeah. Tom Holland in between, is just I don't even know because I w- I want to say just desecration or something like that, but Bill Skarsgård does his for prayer. The other guy does it for pleasure. So like yeah. that's there's not even a connection there, but they both like, I don't know, mess around with dead things or did something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I it's too many uh, things at once. Yeah, and, and which, which what is did why Indie Wire I, call a bloated mess? Which is why I wish the serial take away if you can take away one of the storylines for me, it would have been the serial killers and you would have had Sebastian Stan's character be totally different in some way. Um, I also did not understand what was going on with Sebastian Stan with like, was he dealing with the mafia or like some mob or a I gang? So. Dude, or I, I totally I forgot the mob was even in this movie. I totally, I did not understand what was going on. He was, it, it basically just established that Sebastian Stan's sheriff was just not a good dude. <laughs> I didn't understand that at all. Again, there's no, another aspect of this web that was just like WTF, what's going on. This movie was really long, but somehow wasn't long enough to explain everything that was going on. And typically when that happens, it's just not a good thing. Yeah. Um, so devil all the time. Yeah. I think I read a review that they would have enjoyed this story more if it was conveyed in a limited series. Yeah. That's what Wyatt said immediately after he was like, this should yeah. have just been a couple of episodes or like, I don't know. Tom Holland could have getting been... hitchhiked across country with seven different serial killers across seven <laughs> different episodes. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been an eight-part series for sure. Um, but whatever. But um, this is what we have instead. Yeah. Um, I guess before we go into pizza questions, I, I really do quickly want to say that I did enjoy the score. Um, the 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 four the four central notes on the piano or whatever they used. Um, that worked for me. And when, when, when they used it in the different octaves of the notes and the different, it, it, it worked for me. Yeah. And I'm going to compliment the, uh, the costuming and the production design as well. I think yeah. it looked great and they shot on film. They shot on 35 yeah. millimeter, I think, which yeah. was so awesome, particularly in that scene with Tom Holland and Rob Pattinson in the church for the showdown. Yeah. That looked so awesome with the costumes the way the church looked plus the graininess of the film i was like yeah. uh the film nerd in me was just like oh my god this is so amazing a, and then the movie su- got terrible after robert pattinson died <laughs> so it was a waste of film 
aside from my um my best slice that was my favorite scene um that that the robert pattinson tom holland interaction in in that in the church that was really really good that was some awesome acting by robert pattinson man he was so effing good in that scene leading up to his death and he the way he was able to portray his confidence quickly turning into fear was while being skeezy the whole time was so good so good yeah i I really enjoyed that and you're right with the with the with the setting and the cinematography and how it was shot there was some really great aspect shots some some landscape shooting and some really just beautiful colors in this movie that like on a big screen would have looked really really good there's a great scene of uh tom holland in the rain with his rucksack and a denim jacket yeah i threw some hearts around that note Hot looked stuff, real, yeah. <laughs> looked real good in the rain in that denim jacket. And also Bill Skarsgård, I also wrote with a ciggy. He looks real good with a cigarette in his hand. Yeah, dude. I mean... They both do. Which, I, I, oh my God, Spider-Man was smoking and dropped the F-bomb at least four or five times. I know. I, I, I don't believe in, in smoking uh, cigarettes, but man, they, they definitely did look good doing it for sure. Yep. Not going to lie. Um, cool. So I guess... On that note, Michael, do you want to go into uh, some some pizza-related questions? Yeah, absolutely. Brian, my first question for you, um, what was your favorite topping of the movie? Topping is your favorite line. Yeah, favorite topping, favorite line. It's um, I think this was Arvin when he was eight. After um, both his parents has died, he just came across his father um, um, killing himself, and he's with one of the local men in town explaining what happened to a police sheriff. And the police sheriff's like, comes across the body. It's like, what is this? What's going on here? And then he goes, it's a prayer log, but it don't work too good. <laughs> oh, man. And that cracked. One, that, that, that sorry, I lied. I guess that, that did make me chuckle. But then when you think about it, it's also really sad because this eight-year-old child is incredibly aware of the circumstances that have gone on around this, this cross in the woods and the prayer and the, this prayer log. And he's, and then that in turn formulates Tom Holland's character and what he ends up becoming as a teenager or young adult, not being a person of faith and not believing in the power of prayer. And it goes back to that moment. I think where he's like, it's a prayer log, but it don't work too good. And I just thought that was, I thought that was really good. I, I definitely agree that, that, the anything with Bill Skarsgård and young baby Tom Holland is really great leading up to us learning about who Tom Holland is. You're right. Of, yeah. of him pushing away religion because of that prayer log. Mm-hmm. Um, man. So just growing up and just being skeptical immediately. I, yeah. I, when we talking before about, you were like, Oh, I don't even think I laugh. There is one, one scene <laughs> right after his mom dies and okay. Bill Skarsgård is on the prayer log screaming at the wood and little tiny, that little tiny baby Arvin is just like, oh my God. And the dad's like, start praying. And the yeah. kid just starts screaming like, please yep. God, please. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, please just, I'll say whatever you want. Just like I'm screaming <laughs> at the woods right now. Like, please dad, please. I, yeah, I was yeah, giggling because yeah. it, it giggling because it was um, really uncomfortable. I think sure, so, definitely. So that reaction came out, but I was just like, yeah, this, this is how people walk away from their religion, I guess is, is, you know, bad shit just happening on a prayer line. Yeah. And you know what? Like I can't, and that's a good point. You know, like I, I I said, I was raised Catholic and I didn't, I didn't like nothing. Like I hated it growing up. It was a part of my life growing up. But then there was a point where I was just like, I don't know if I'm really digging a hundred percent of what's being, you know, brought up through Catholicism. You know, I'm not really, no, I'm sure I'm enjoying it. So yeah. Anyways, it's not nearly as significant as coming across your your father dead in the woods and your mom dying of cancer, but and your uh, dog strung up and my dog strung up, crucified. But but yeah, I just some things that people said and using the Bible for certain reasonings for how they believe. I was just like, whatever, man, that's not cool. That doesn't. Maybe that's, that's the not, point of this movie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. Anyways, Michael, what is your favorite topping? Uh, my favorite topping is a great line from, unfortunately, the narrator that characterizes <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson's <laughs> All that to be said. Only, yeah. Okay. This is my second Gosh. time, right? I think it really, uh, they, he just defines him as he could never win a fist fight, but he could recite the book of Revelations in his sleep. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Because not just he can recite Bible verses, it's he can recite the book of revelations in his sleep. So can you 
what's your knowledge of revelations? Because Kimberly had to explain that to me very oh, it's briefly. The end of the world. The, yeah. So my yeah. so Kim, Kimberly said, um, that's the scariest book of the whole Bible. Like, that's, that's creepy. That's where that. the fire and brimstone is. Yeah, that's what, and that's okay. Cool, cool, cool. So that, so that, so for someone like me, that at that line, the moment didn't mean nothing. But Kimberly, when she explained it, she's like, "No, that's 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 not a good thing. That's not." <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, that's okay. the four horsemen and shit like that. Yeah, like of all the things for them to for him to be able to recite, the the narrator chose that particular section to say. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, now knowing what we know about Robert Pattinson, like. Yeah, he probably reads the book of Revelation. It's like, no, this is pretty sweet. Huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. snacking on those chicken livers. Oh, man. And that was an interesting scene, too. Yeah. Um, I like that line. And then, uh, you know, a couple other ones is um, some people are just born to be buried. I was kind of just a oh, line yep. that stuck out that I was like, <gasps> it's so true. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully it's not me. And then. That was him, right? Was that Robert, Pat- who, Robert Pattinson said that? No, Sebastian Stan said that. Sebastian Stan said that. That line. Some people yeah. are just born to be buried. He said that to young Arvin in that when his dad died. Yeah. Such a bullshit thing to say. Oh man, know, right? gosh. So okay. Shit. Yeah. That's a good line. Good good call. And then Robert Pattinson's line is uh, how can I be the daddy when all we did was share time with God? Did I say that before? Or did we do that recording? You said a little you said you said it a little earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then yeah. we're gonna cut that out. You don't have to. I mean, no, I don't want to repeat myself lines. twice. Well, I'm editing it, Michael, so we'll see what I decide on. <laughs> um, those are all good ones, though, man. Those are all good ones. I'm, I'm good at even if I don't like the movie as much yeah. as I can always be like, all right, this is a line that stuck with me. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of Sebastian Dan's character, and before we get into um, Best Slice, um, the ending when Tom Holland's back in his hometown, Arvin's back in his hometown, and Sebastian Stan gets a call from the sheriff of um, of whatever town. Gosh. Uh, there were um, only like three of them. I know, but like they're all... I, I never know. knew where they were. They all look the same aesthetically. Um, but I guess the sheriff of the town saying that Rob, telling Sebastian Stan's character that Robert Pattinson's dead, right? How do they make the connection that they think that it's Tom Holland's character, that it's Arvin? How do they make that connection that they're like... Hey, we, like we found some bullet casings to a gun that we knew his daddy had, or like, or like, or do you know? What I, and how did they? How did they? Why did he? Why did that sheriff call the other sheriff from a totally different town? Like the Luger. You, did, so it was the Luger. They they connected Tom to the Holland Luger using the gun that Sebastian Stan. I guess everyone knew that he had his daddy's gun, and that's what and that's what I told Kimberly as well. It, it must be that it must have been a known fact that that gun belonged to his family. Right. I mean, and how many gun- German Lugers are in Ohio? Okay, cool. And knock it, them stiff, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it clicked that Sebastian Stan. They came across similar casings um, with, with his sister. Okay, okay. That's, that's what I thought, but I wanted I wanted to make sure to ask that. I said to get another opinion. Okay, there were cool. a couple of things, you know. Is <laughs> why have a narrator if there's still you're still going to let us like be confused about what like the lines on the sheriff phone yeah. was saying? Like, if that was so important that like. Come on, come on, yeah. narrator, do your job a little bit better. <laughs> do you My blame que- the, yeah, what? That's, that's the director, right? Is that the director just choosing bad, bad moments to integrate the 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 narration? Is that, is that a film editor, a producer? Like, that would be the script, the screenplay. So yeah, so that in this case, the, screenplay. the adapted screenplay. In this case, would also be the director. The director and the director's brother wrote the adapted screenplay. Okay, interesting. I okay. just, I also just hate narration because. <sighs> It's not a book for a reason, you guys. It's yeah. we're not supposed to be li- we're supposed to be listening, but it is so visual. Film is a visual medium. You were supposed to be using every they, clue on screen to put the piece together. Narration tr- is such an easy way out. They were trying really hard to let you know that this is based off a book, basically. Especially when you use the author of the book as the narrator. I feel like they were like trying to beat on our head, like, hey, this is a book, read the book, you know, whatever. Um, you know what narration I don't mind? Diary entries. Things okay. like Perks of Being a Wallflower, where okay. he's like, dear friend, and you hear Logan Lerman's voice. Sure. If I heard Tom Holland's voice, like, my name is Arvin, I was growing, like, if he was the narrator, but it's just this, it's this omnipotent person. So, like, is the narrator the devil all the time? Is he, like, watching everything happen, knowing everything and not being able to do with it? The narr- I don't know. Let's Let's cut away from that because... Okay. <sighs> let's go into favorite favorite uh best slice we're going to best slice our best scene of the movie um 
Michael, do you want to go first? Do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, I really love seeing Tom Holland kick up, uh, kick the shit out of all of his sister's rapists. Yeah. I think that that was so good. And it was dirty, man. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it was a great callback to when he was in the car with his dad watching yep. him beat up those three guys. Like very, the, the fight choreo was very, very stylized. You know, Tom Holland was a smart kid. Um, put the bag, brought the bags back into it. I was like, yeah, yes, Tom, yeah, put those yeah. bags on those kids head. Um, I just thought that was so great. And that it was just exciting and, and so well-deserved. I don't think that the shooting or the murder of anyone else was as deserved as those kids just getting the snappy out of them. For sure. I completely agree. Um, I, I agree so much. That's also my best slice. I literally have it written down my phone right Look here. Look at us. I wrote down Tom Holland wailing on the guys in the car shop, specifically the car shop. When he walks in and takes the trunk of that car Boom. and just slams it on that guy, love it. And then yes. I, I, I just emphasizing everything you just said because that's exactly what i would have just said so i think we're, we're on the same page i think for the first time about just tom wow and wailing on people as the best scene of this movie now let's roll back the tape my favorite line you could never win a fist fight about rob pattinson i would have loved to see tom holland beat that preacher up right just yeah. instead of shooting him just man knocking his teeth out or something it would have been, been great it would have been great um cool all right so best slice tom holland being a badass yeah that's Um, just kind of the way it is yeah 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 Uh, all right so who would you want to have a slice with who do you want to share a piece of pizza with michael got some it's a real sophie's choice here (laughs) i know right there's like eight of them i don't know maybe sebastian stan oh the crooked cop yeah what the crooked cop yeah well he was obviously trying to be a good person and he just snapped. Was he drunk yeah. in the woods at the end? I seemed like it. It seemed like it. Yeah. I feel like if I was just able to get that guy a slice, like he probably could have like, I don't know. You want to have But also pizza. when you find out that your sister's like a crazed serial killer with yeah. like these photos all up in their shoe boxes and shit, like, yeah, go drink it, go drink a beer and try to kill Tom Holland. And like that guy just needs some comfort. Well, he's dead now, I guess. Man, he's got the most interesting introduction to a movie that I've seen in a while. Him getting that uh, and handy in the car. <laughs> totally forgot that happened. Yep, yep, yep. Oh Him while while on the job, fantastic. Yeah, that was like the first scene. That was his. That was literally his first scene. That was oh his. Fir- that was that was his first scene in the movie. Was him getting handy in the car. Well, you want to know why? Because he's using his metal arm that usually does it automatically <laughs> with a button. <laughs> Oh man, God! I forgot that happened. Jeez. I know. And you, from then on, you just get that. All right, this guy's a little bit of a sleaze bag. Um, and not to mention that line he throws on Arvin later. Like you said, oh, that's who he buried. was. I'm. I have a picture of a deer head over a doorway. Yeah, that His, was um, the mob. It was like a brothel. Yes. Yeah. 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 So was it was it mob or was it just sex work that he was tracking down on? Because it was the fifties. That shit was scary. For that's everyone. a good point. So maybe he was just he was working with the guys who were in tra- overseeing the, the brothel, the sex work, I guess. And then he eventually kills him. That's really interesting. I'm, I think he was in debt to them like because there was some money involved. But then he eventually just kills them later, obviously, because he's, he's sick of like being tied down to them. I don't know. I don't know. I need that context. Because also, I just want to congratulate him because when the mob did pay him off and only gave him like a $100 bill, he didn't. he wasn't like, fuck you. He took it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all right, yeah, I kind of need this 100 thanks. like (laughs) i'll buy the guy a slice of pizza or something if he's that much in debt yeah put the shotgun down Mm -hmm. yeah cool what about you who are you eating pizza with so i think really easy answer for me is tom holland's character right he's really the only one with like a decent moral compass in this movie even though he has like four four kills in the last 30 minutes in the movie yeah he's got a body Um, count you got a body count for sure. And, but I'm being really out there. The only other decent character that I can find in this movie, who's also alive at the very end of this movie is the old guy at like the gas convenience store shop. Um, the one who comforts him when his parents died and the one 10 years later, who's like, Oh my God, you're Russell's boy. And he's, and then Tom Holland's like, just want to let you know, I haven't forgotten about what you did for me all those years ago. And, you know, thank you. And, and that was the most tender moment of the film. And I really appreciated that. And so I want to have a size of pizza with that guy and just being like, dude, 
what does it feel like being the only decent man in this small town, Ohio, right? Or West Virginia or wherever. So I think it's either Tom Holland or that random guy. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) That's just such a great one. So I guess with that being said, do you want to go into our slice of the movie, slices of the film? Yeah, Brian, how many slices do you give this, this movie out of eight? So I thought about this long and hard. All night, apparently. All night. I literally could not sleep after watching this movie. Um, And I'm very aware of the rankings that I've given other movies that I've seen. And I'm really upset that I'm about to rank this movie something because it's very similar to another movie that I ranked recently. And now, like, for me, it's like, oh, this movie's all forever tied down and the same as this movie, but it's not necessarily the case. No, I'm going to give it a four. Four out of eight. I'm giving it a four out of eight. That's like two out of four stars, four out of eight. I'm really close to giving it a five and a five is like what I ranked tenant. And I, I can't, Oh man, I can't do that. I can't do that to tenant. Yeah. Um, but then Robert Pattinson has like a half rating, you know, average. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think of four because it's long. It's, a lot just too dark for my taste there's a lot going on a lot a lot going on and uh i didn't understand it all the times and yeah I, so i think i'm but i'm also like i told you i'm very proud of myself for watching this movie and i felt like i didn't feel good emotionally watching it i felt good as my self-esteem you know watching this movie afterwards so i'm gonna give it a four yeah, I'm uh, I'm also giving it a four as well. Wow. Um, I know. I'm taking two slices off because the narrator sucked. And okay. then um, I'm taking another slice off because it was produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. What? Do you not like Jake Gyllenhaal? No, I just didn't. I don't have like a concrete reason outside of what you said. So I wanted to make a joke and also <laughs> the fact that this was produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. It was produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. I, and you know, if you were going to say you had an issue with Jake Gyllenhaal, I was about to fight you through this computer screen, man. No, he just, his name is written above where I've drawn eight slices and only colored four in. That's funny. So okay. That's just how my notes went. Yeah. I mean, the narration really kind of sucked. I think there were a couple characters we could have removed. Um, and also, oh my God, a whole slice is taken off for that. There's like two minutes of just Tom Holland falling asleep in the car with narration that oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. just rambling. It was just so rambling. Like, oh, well, he could go off and do this or he could go do that. But for right now, he got some sleep. Yeah. He never had an issue with sleep in the whole movie. Why is that the final thing that you need to say? If it's, it's not like we should. Because he's tired. Scenes. He's tired. He's tired. Yeah, but like come on i don't know i was just such a bad ending and any movie that ends on ending narration is just not worth any slices of pizza so we're going for four slices i'm honestly surprised you raked it that high i feel like my four is a lot higher than your four right so i really like the way it looked and i liked the acting i think if you were to just like movie clips right if you were to just see these as like reels of the actors being in it like rob patton rob pattinson giving that sermon great acting the the trailer for this movie is really good basically like this is like they, yeah you're if you right watch the, the, you thought the snippets and the cast the trailer is really good and i guess maybe we're not as pleased with the end product yeah and at, and i think the other problem is we might have been so spoiled that any movies that like two hours we immediately are saying, well, this could have been a limited series, especially if it's coming from Netflix, right? So, like, how much is that coloring? Well, our, like, it's so long, but we would watch this if it was four parts. Because, because it's so long, and yet, at the same time, it wasn't long enough. Like, we needed more things explained, drawn out. We needed more time needed with these episodes. Char- yeah, we needed more time with these characters or with each one storyline. And they tried making it in a two and a, two hours and 15 minutes and it just didn't work. But as a limited series, you can flush that out and you can watch it at your own pace. I can watch an ep- I can watch 40 minutes at a time. And, yeah. and for everyone's attention span nowadays, myself included, I, it may have been better suited for that. Yeah. But I, you know, unfortunately we're going to, like I said, with Oscars coming forward, we're going to see a lot of streaming stuff come out and that's going to be how we're primarily watching our. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, and I'm excited. Movies. I'm ready uh, I, like I said, I, I, I think this movie misses the mark if it was trying to go for like an Oscar kind of thing. 
but like if it's what if this is the movie that gets us started to seeing some like really good dramatic movies i'm like yeah i'm here for it. it's i'm ready i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next couple of months have to offer yeah for sure cool well all right everyone that is the devil all the time uh brian and i both gave it some 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 ratings and we dug right into it uh if you disagree with anything we have to say follow us uh tweet at us just do that go at our slice on film um love to hear what you think about devil all the time uh before we go and let everyone enjoy whatever they're doing after this podcast is over let's get into our last slices yeah our last slice Okay, Brian, I'm going to give you the pleasure of going first. It looks like you have a list of last slices. No, I'm looking at the weather right now. So oh. <laughs> um, I get married next Saturday. This, is, this, will, this will drop on Tuesday. Um, so I get married this upcoming Saturday. And we're officially on weather watch. Um, so every day we are watching what the weather's going to look like because we're having the wedding in our backyard. And, and yesterday it was going to rain Friday and Saturday of and now it's looking like the rain's going to happen on Wednesday and Thursday with Friday and Saturday looking like it's going to be 78 degrees and 84 degrees respectively. And fingers crossed, it just, it just ends up being that way. I would love that 84 to be closer to 80. Um, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So I, as long as it doesn't rain, I'll be happy. Yeah, man. Well, I really hope it all holds out. Yeah, me too. Um, that's my last slice. for you to be a husband. Pray, pray for good weather. And yeah, me too. I'm pumped to be a husband as well. This is, this is going to be, this is our, I guess, technically our second to last podcast of, you know, of having a bachelor and a, and a husband on the show. It'll be two husbands after this uh, very oh, soon. We got to change it. It changes the scope of our podcast entirely. Right. Oh, <laughs> and I'll be like, well, I was watching this with my spouse the other night <laughs> with a nice glass of wine. Yeah. Just it's kidding. Good. <laughs> Man. Um, so so yeah, that, that, those are my last slice. Last slice is we're on weather watch and I will be every single day leading up to the week next weekend. So that's my, oh, that's my last slice. How about you? Awesome. I mean, I got a lot of stuff, uh, not really happening. I don't know. I, uh, my first last slice, my first, Last slice is uh, everyone go vote. Make sure you're registered to vote. Um, I am registered to vote in Tennessee. Um, I actually, last night, um, we were looking up if we could volunteer to be poll workers. Nice. Um, but unfortunately, if you work for a government agency or institution, then you cannot volunteer. So as an employee at the University of Memphis, um, I'm ineligible to do that. But if anybody listening wants to take my place at the polls um, for election day, please, please, please get out and vote. Make sure you're registered. And if you need to get your mail-in ballot, do that um, soon as possible. Cause we just got to vote. That's the, that's everyone's duty is to vote. Absolutely. Also I've been reading uh, books for school, man, all students out there. You know, I know a couple weeks back I said, let's, let's think about the teachers. That's my last slice. This last slice is for the students. Um, semester is like still not over yet. Um, <laughs> I, I have been reading some really interesting stuff in my class. I just picked up a book called troubling masculinities oh. terror and uh terror and 9-11 or terror gender in film post 9-11 something like that his name is richard donner interesting should have written that down but i've just been reading that um pretty pretty interesting about how the american masculine ideal was ruined on 9-11 in 2001 and how, how we've been trying to build that up and to no avail so it's really really interesting um, I do read, and that's why I can't read The Devil all the time right now is because there's other books I have to read. Excuses, excuses, Michael. I know, right? Well, Brian, I don't even know if you know how to read. It's a very good question. It's been a while. No, but uh, I, uh, Kimberly and I have been toying with the idea of, of getting Dune on like uh, getting uh, reading Dune before that comes out. My dad, it's like one of my it's dad's massive. favorite books. I know, but my dad's been talking about it. It's like a phenomenal book. You should definitely read it. And we're about to go on a honeymoon here soon. Um, a little road trip. And we would, we would definitely, we're going to be in a cabin for one of the weekends. Cool. So it, we would definitely have like some time that week to, to read. And Kimberly has a Nintendo switch that she would like to play a little more frequently. So while she's playing her switch, maybe I can read. I don't know. I have no idea. So we'll see. We'll try. I need a hobby basically. Yeah. <laughs> You're married now. I know. I have, used to be dating. I know. Now- my, yeah. Yeah. I know. And I, I need, I need, I need married, married hobbies. And so we'll see. Maybe we should start a husband's podcast. We'll do yeah, movie we're... reviews on Monday and Friday. We'll just be like, we're married. <laughs> it's a five minute episode each week. We're married. Hey, you remember that time? Yeah. We're both yep. married. Yeah. They're not here. 
It's just the two of us, not married <laughs> to each other, just married. It could be like a... Anyway, thanks for listening to Our Slice on Film, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's been Our Slice on Film. Follow us on, on the socials, Instagram and Twitter at Our Slice on Film. And have a great week. Yeah. You know, I studied something. It's called the delusion. A belief that is untrue. It is our delusion that lead us to sin. <laughs> Some people were born just so they could be buried. What I'm about to do, I do because I have to. Not because I want to.